2: Oh, hold on. I got the background all messed up? Excuse me. <laughs> anyway, you are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Ray Jeezy and myself, Wole. And we are part of Ampire Media. That's Ampiremedia.com. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn,
3: iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. And if you are watching this on YouTube, please hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. And, of course, just everybody, no matter where you're watching this or where you're streaming from, Subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene on X. I got to get used to saying that, still. I'm I'm still kind of struggling with that (laughs) one. Also, hit us up on IG and Facebook. Just search Urban Sports Scene.
2: And also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. We'll see what normally say this behind in the building. So let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll profile NFL profile. Pro Bowl safety, Super and Super Bowl champion, and HBCU and Howard Lund Alum Antoine Bethea. Then at eight twenty five, we'll we'll talk about the Washington Commanders getting dominated by the Buffalo Bills thirty seven three, and their upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Then at eight forty five, we'll talk about the Orioles possibly clinching the AL East this week with host of ornithologically uh correct josh land i said it thank you jesus finally at, <laughs> at 905 we'll preview saturday night's charlo canelo fight
3: with bite down box since reginald woodson absolutely bro well let's introduce our guest who is an alum of the real hu howard university he's also a 14 year 14 years, excuse me nfl veteran super bowl champion author motivational speaker and a current play-by-play, man, for HBCU Gold on on those football games. Welcome to the urban sports scene, Antoine Bethea. What's going on, my man?
1: Man, chilling, man. How y'all doing, man? Thanks for having me, first and foremost.
3: Oh, no doubt. Man, thanks hey, for it's, being it's on. We appreciate it. Great to have you. Uh, I love it. I love the setup. I see the jerseys in the background, but, <laughs> you know, I – but before we go there, bro, I want to get started with a question about your, your playing days at Howard because we had a former Howard football alum on this show as well, and he talked about his recruitment process, and he said when he came to visit Howard, he was dropped off at the quad. He said that was a, 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 a freshman girl's dorm. He went on to have an all-meac stellar career. So what was your recruitment process like, and how did you ultimately land at Howard University?
1: Man, my... Um... My recruitment story was, uh, was a little crazy. I wasn't really highly recruited um, coming out of high school in uh, Newport News, Virginia. But um at the time, um, Coach Ray Petty, he was a defensive coordinator at Norfolk State, and he was recruiting me. And um, he ended up getting a job at Howard. And, um, you know, in the in that transition of going from Norfolk State to Howard, he stopped at my high school, and um, he hired my head coach as an offensive coordinator, A.C. Carthorn. Um at the time Carlton was like, yo, I, you know, I mean, I think he can he can play at the you know at the next level. At the time when Petty got the job, he didn't have a lot of uh scholarships. So he was like, look, come on a visit uh to Howard University, man. This was like in the spring, the weather was good. (laughs) Pull up on Howard campus. The first spot was the yard. And um, you know, the rest was history, man. We 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 was on the yard, man. Um that Friday night, it was a a louisiana a texas party called a latex party man that's that joint sh- that was off the chain <laughs> and, uh, you can cuss a little
2: bit don't worry about it all right don't worry about it <laughs>
1: saturday, man it was a basketball game against um norfolk state man and mm-hmm. then that that night we went to the ritz oh, and, the ritz. Um, oh wow you bring yeah, them back now Ritz <laughs> saturday night sunday man i made that call to mom dukes like yo like that's where I'm gonna be at for the next year, <laughs> like regardless of how much money they got, man. We gotta figure
3: something out, man. Oh, that's oh
1: awesome. man, that's
3: dope. So so uh, we want to add on to that. Can can you share any of your homecoming experiences? Now now I know he said you can curse, but you know, we want to keep it as clean as possible. But <laughs> describe what HU Homecoming was like for some of our listeners who haven't experienced the real HBCU homecoming out there,
1: man. It's um I would say my my freshman year, man. I was I was taken back, you know, just with how many people was on the yard, and you know, they would the the upperclassmen would say like, you you really don't know who you will see that weekend on the yard or on Georgia Ave, man. And it was just like the whole week was just some some different, you know. Starting with the, you know, you had the comedy show, you had the fashion show, um, the step show, then you know the Yard Fest on Friday. You know, at that time you know, they was bringing, you know, all type of artists on the, on the yard. And then obviously, you know, Saturday, the game with the band and, you know, just the crowd. But then after the game, just walking down Georgia abs just seeing a bunch of people. So again, when you talk about like a family reunion, that's what it seemed like. It's a big family reunion. Everybody's having a good time. And, um, you know, just, just four years of that, man. And, you know it's, it's it's something that you really just got to experience you know you can talk about it you can describe it but if you you just got to experience the the how homecoming
3: did, did your friends ever visit
1: <laughs> oh for sure for sure like you know a lot of my guys from home they were like man we got an honorary degree man how much they was there, man. <laughs> but uh but now man they it, it was good times man good time i tell everybody i
2: was the best four years of my life by far wow so, so, like, were, were like some of the folks you grew up with, you know, being from Newport, the Newport area. With some of the folks you grew up with, were they mad that you chose Howard and compared to not going to like compared to like a Norfolk State? Nah, nah, not at all, not at mm-hmm. all, man. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, folks was was was
1: happy for me being mm-hmm. able to get away from home. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was all love. Uh...
2: All right. So while at Howard, what was what was your most memorable game, and which player was your toughest matchup?
1: um i would say i probably have well i would say my most memorable game was like my my sophomore year it was my first official start the second game of the season against hampton university Uh and um that was probably my best game i had three fumble recoveries i had a touchdown Uh i had 12 tackles um and that was my first official start so Uh um i would say that was the the most memorable game I had at Howard, and then I would say the, as far as player wise, it was a few man. Like you know, mm-hmm. coming through the MIAC, man, they had some they had some dogs yeah. man. I yeah. would say one was uh, Bradshaw Littlejohn, quarterback from Morgan State. Uh-huh. Um, he was a dog. Um, I would probably say that was that was the one. That was Sounds the one. one. And then you know, but throwing Cookman, they had a bunch of a bunch of athletes. Allen Suber, Eric Weems. He went on to play in the league for a few years. Uh-huh. So uh, but you know, at that time, the Miac man had some had some dogs and some some uh, some players that
3: could that could get get it going. All right, so you said it was the best four years of your life, but is there any part of you that wishes that you were playing right now where HBCUs are just having such a resurgence?
1: Nah, man, I appreciate the time when I was in school. <laughs> it, was, it was just a little different. I, I appreciate the time, but I do appreciate what um where the hbcu scene is going to now though you know just with you know um uh, even before coach prime man it was it was it yeah. was it was talked about but you know what he was able to do at jackson state um but i think you know we, we we're headed in the right direction
3: oh definitely absolutely we already got some comments y'all talk hbcu says salute to the legend talking about you of course not one of us they they told you uh antoine uh, we appreciate you. You got any comments, you got any questions for Mr. Antoine there, please definitely hit us up, post your comments, post your questions on whatever platform you're watching us currently. And um, I just wanted to, to jump into a little bit more of a discussion about Howard, and then we can, of course, go into your playing career, and that's Coach Larry Scott, who right now many feel like he's doing an amazing job in terms of just rebuilding the Howard football program. Um A lot of people are excited. You know, he had an offer to go coach with Coach Saban at Alabama, but he turned it down to continue uh, to build the program at Howard. And so far this season, they've been competitive. They're looking strong. Just what's your thoughts on how Coach Scott is doing in his job at Howard as head coach?
1: Man, you said it. I think he's doing a, um, a great job, you know, just with obviously coming in and then, you know, running to COVID. Um, really not having those full seasons as far as spring ball to get his guys acclimated. And, um, you know, just with the, the, the culture, you know, the coach that he's bringing uh, that he's brought to Howard campus, man, I think it's a beautiful thing uh, you talk about this year and how they've been playing. Um, they're, they're one and two right now, both of those games, they should have won. They went to Eastern Michigan, should have won that game. Um, they punished Morehouse, and then the 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 Hampton game, you know, kind of fell apart at the end of it. But going into a conference play, man, I I think you know Howard they have a strong chance to uh, to, to to win the Mead all out this year. So again, man, Coach Scott, man, you know I can't speak of the job that he's done, and you mentioned as far as being offered that job and saying no because you know he he you know he went out and recruited those young guys. Um, sat in the sat in their, their 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 living room and told their parents, you know what they were, uh, where they were sending their their son off to, that he was going to build them into a young man, so uh, not to leave them up and dry. And I know that had to be a tough decision, but I, I commend him for that.
2: You actually oh, have you have a question it. you have a question from Yard Talk as well. She says, she says, ask him about the camp he did this summer. Um,
3: which camp? Which camp? Which camp? Which camp? <laughs>
2: You know, so all I what camp you're talking about. Yeah, which camp?
3: <laughs> yeah, you did. You must have did multiple camps. I'm assuming. Nah, I'm trying to think.
1: Um, because nah, I know I, I was I was doing some coaching and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I really didn't. I didn't. I didn't do a camp. I'm trying to think, mm-hmm. what camp she uh they talking about?
2: Well, yeah. You all talk. If you if you get a chance, just put it in the yeah, comments. Yeah, let, us, let us know. Let us know. Oh, okay. It was in Atlanta. What? She said it was in Atlanta. Um.
4: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it, it,
1: it might have just been um something that I was out there for. I don't think okay. it was okay. though. Okay. Oh, she, oh, that,
2: wasn't, that wasn't you? She, that's your question, Mark. <laughs> it's, all <good. laughs> it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it's
3: all good.
2: It's all good.
3: Hey, it's all good. So, so moving on, though, you played 14 seasons in the NFL, and that's amazing. The average NFL career span is about – it's about three years, and you saw a lot during that time. Of course, you went to a Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl your rookie season. Um, So do you feel as though individuals or players from HBCUs get a fair opportunity? And what's your thoughts about this whole HBCU combine? Some people don't like it. We had a coach tell us he wasn't really feeling it. He feels like players should just be at the regular combine. So what's your mm-hmm. thoughts on just HBCUs and opportunity? And is the, the saying true that if you can ball, they can find you? So...
1: I do not think, you know, HBCU players get the same opportunity. I feel like it is tougher for, for guys coming from HBCUs. I think, you know, it has been guys. Just what I'll say. I don't think enough guys get those opportunities. And the reason okay. why I say that is because, and I say this all the time, is when scouts come into um, coming. Goes into a HBCU office or a coach's office at an HBCU, that player has to be undoubtedly the one of the best players, right? Versus you go to University of Michigan or Ohio State, player could be subpar, but because they're at that university, they're gonna get a shot. And I'm not even saying getting drafted, but even getting into camp. They they're yeah. going to get a mm-hmm. shot because of the emblem on their helmet, right? So I say all the time when scouts come into these go to these HBCUs, they're afraid to go back to their boss or a Bill Belichick or owner and say, hey, this guy right here from this HBCU, I'm going to stand on the table for because they know their job is on the line. So, again, it's, it, it, for me, it's like the, 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 the people that are scouting, they got to know what they're looking for mm-hmm. because you can't tell me that it's not guys that's at this level that's not draft worthy. We should have mm. way more guys getting drafted from HBCUs. And I said it when I when I got drafted and I mm-hmm. went into camp and I was looking at some of these guys from these, these Power Fives. I'm like, these guys are trash. Now, granted, <laughs> mm. really, granted, a lot of them are good, but some of them are trash. And I'm like, mm. yo, these guys at Howard right now that I know can come in and do a better job than what mm. these guys are doing. But just having that emblem on the side of the helmet, and that's not hate. That's just me being being yeah. honest. You know what I'm saying? Um, but again, I do feel as I feel as though when we do get our shot, when we do get our opportunity, and you can look at it like when those, those guys from HBCUs get a shot in camp, they make a name for themselves. So again, sure. I just hope at some point, you know, it can um, you know, it, it it'll be more of us. And as far as a combine, you know, <clears throat> I'm not sure. I haven't seen the combine, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak on something that I haven't seen. Um, obviously the more eyes you can put on the guys, I think it's good. So if you do have that combine and you do have scouts from 32 teams to come look at those guys, I feel like that's an opportunity. So let's not throw those opportunities away. You know what I mean? Granted, uh-huh. you can go to the big, the big combine in and that's what you want. But the more eyes you can get on the guys, man, at the end of the day, that's what you, that's what you want to see.
2: Uh-huh. So, I mean, you, sp- you spoke about, like, your experience, but what were some of your challenges and, and, and ignorant stigmas that you had to overcome coming from, I mean, your rookie year, your rookie year coming from an HBCU? Um, I mean, the first thing is that, you know, the competition, the level
1: of competition that you play is not mm. to par. You know what mm. I mean? So that was the biggest thing. And then I feel like when they when they come in the building, they're not coming to see what you're doing good. They're coming to see what you lack. So, you know, not all scouts, but some scouts were just saying you're too small, you're too slow. Again, the competition level of play isn't there. So, again, you know, you just have to be that much better mm-hmm. when they turn the film on at a smaller school, at an HBCU. Mm-hmm.
2: So, and, and jumping on that, and, and speaking of that, you know, you play for the Colts. Um, they have a top-level de- defensive player who also went to an HBCU and Shaq Leonard. He went to South Carolina State. Have you ever chopped it up with him, Share stories with him, knowing that, that you both were, were in, that, in that organization and also pro bowlers with the Colts coming from an HBCU?
1: Yeah, man. Um, it's a funny story where he's from. That's where my mom and dad is from, small town of South Carolina. Mm. Um, so at the time I was coming out, he had an older brother playing at Clemson. So, you know, um, went to his camp. And at that time, Darius was younger, real young. So I, we've talked, obviously, you know, when, we, when you bump into – um, that was one of the things that I always did when I was playing. I would look on the roster and see who come from, who came from an HBCU because it it's always love. Uh-huh. So um, I, I've, I've chopped it up with them. Indianapolis. They also have another, um, yeah, the lineman by uh, Grover Stewart. You know, He's with the it. Albany State. He HBCU uh-huh. grad as well, man. So Indy, they've always done a good job um, as far as you know, going out and looking for those diamonds in the roughs type guys coming from
2: HBCUs. So, speaking of your time in Indy, any, any, who took you under their wing when you got to Indy? Man, uh, my guy, Robert Mathis, another mm.
1: HBCU alum. Um, I'll say my guy, uh, Gary Brackett, Cato um, June. Mm.
3: DC? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yep. <Kato laughs> June. And
1: then uh, my guys, you know, Kelvin Hayden and uh, Marlon Jackson. Like, those are kind of my guys that.
2: Um, you know, took me under their wing, man. And we we created that that bond. And your experience winning that Super Bowl, like, how was that for you? You know, just you know, being a guy who pretty much came from, like, in terms of made them na- made their made his name in the league. You know what I mean? Like, not like you said, not having the Power Five, you know, college or whatever, but earning your spot on the team, be able to be on the field, being a playmaker on the field. Your experience in that Super Bowl, how was it?
1: Man, it was everything, man. You know. um, when you play the sport, you know, regardless of whatever that sport is, you want to get to the top of the mountain. Um, and the Super Bowl, that's that's what it is. So for me, just a year prior at Howard University, you know, mm-hmm. coming in my rookie year and starting, you know, the entire season and, and yeah. just playing in the Super Bowl, um, my first year, man, it was it was it was a blessing. And then to win it. You know, I'm I'm walking out of there it's like yo, okay, I'm gonna get a couple of these things. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was a great experience. You know, uh, a, a great experience. You know, it's one of those things that some of the all time greats um, can't say that they got a Super Bowl ring or even that much play in a Super Bowl. So for me to do that
2: my first that first year, man, it was uh, it was amazing. And also being a three time Pro Bowler. Like that's that's just a compliment to your hard work. Talk about that, like being acknowledged by your peers and like in the NFL to be a Pro Bowl three times. Like again, like you just said, you came from Howard. You had folks on that same team that you felt could be in the league, but you got to represent the brand of Howard in the NFL three time Pro Bowl. Like, like talk about that, man. Talk about that experience and which like and how proud you were of yourself. To be honest with you,
1: yeah, man. Uh, you said it. You know, being acknowledged by your peers, by the coaches, by the fans. Um, that's big. and I always went out <clears throat> to play like first and foremost for the 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 name on the back of my jersey. Mm-hmm. but then for, after that, it was okay, I'm gonna do this for the Mecca. I'm gonna do yeah. this for all hbcus, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing yeah. this for yeah. my hometown. Mm-hmm. oh again, that that was something that I always wanted to do when I stepped foot on the field. But when you talk about pro bowlers, it's like, okay, like, you got, you know, your your pro bowlers, you got your all-pro. And, you know, obviously you got your, you have your team goals, but then you have your individual goals. And that's some of the individual goals that you had. Want to be acknowledged as one of the best in the league. And again, man, just coming from Newport News and going to Howard, you know, those are like dreams that you that you that you imagine, and for those dreams to come true. Um, and something that always stick with me.
3: All right. Now, Wole, I know you want to ask him about Peyton Manning. Of course, Peyton (laughs) Manning is one of the ghosts. Before we do that, though, (laughs) brother, I I want to tell you something that you said before that kind of stuck with me. You said before you build the brand, you have to build the man. And that stuck Mm -hmm. with me because, you know, me and my man, Wole, we doing this show. We credential members of the media just out here in the journalism field. But we was playing Madden. In a class one time, we was in school, man, and, yeah. the show, and we never thought we would be doing this. So we trying to build our brand, but we also working on ourselves and, and the HBCU experience is a big part of that. Just talk about that statement that you made and talk about how, you know, you inspire others in terms of building themselves up as they try to grow whatever profession that they're in. Yeah, man. Um, and, and I mean, that's
1: just life. Right. So before you try to build anything, Like you gotta make sure you you you're right within, and not saying that you Uh, gotta be perfect, but you just gotta be moving in the right way and moving in the right direction. That's just like you know, treat people the way you want to be treated. I know it's uh, cliche, but that's that's real. Um, And then just again, just looking yourself in the mirror and just like you know, like am I going in the right direction? Am I where I want to be? So before you can just know build a brand, because when people when people buy into a brand, like they're they're buying into you. And at the end of the day, nobody wants to put their money into no BS. You feel Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, again, when you're talking about that, and that that was my whole thing where, you know, when I was speaking, people would talk, they were asking me about the NIL. And, you know, we're looking at the name, image, and likeness. People just talking about, I just want to get the money, get the money, get the money. But sometimes you just don't want to associate yourself with a brand just because they're going to pay True. Like you just you know all money ain't good money, you know what I'm True. saying? True. But again, with that with that building the man before you build a brand, it's just really about just looking yourself in the mirror and just like, yo, am I going in the right direction? Am I who I really want to be? You know what I mean? And don't you, know, you don't front, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you can't front, you know what I'm saying? You got to keep it real with yourself. Like, am I really who I want to be? Am I at least going in that right direction? Because we all gonna have our pitfalls, we all gonna um fall short. Sometimes, but it's just you know having, I guess, having the, the 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 right
2: thought process um as you as you navigate through this thing called life. Real talk, real talk, Ray. I'm mad you mentioned the mad in the, in the classroom thing. You ain't had to do that though. Hey, listen, bro. It's, just,
3: it, it, it's, it's a reflection of the growth of, of just the two of us, bro. What's a positive statement, brother.
2: Right, so Ray is right I did, I did want to mention I wanted to mention Peyton Manning what is this, like obviously outside of football we've seen Peyton Manning's sense of humor so yeah. for you like what is your wildest Peyton Manning story because initially I wouldn't think this dude is funny but outside of football this dude is hilarious <laughs> nah
1: man Um, <laughs> you know inside the building man it was like nah I'm not going to say all business but 95% of the time it was like uh-huh. yo, like we, we coming here to work man we coming uh-huh. here to be the greatest and that's the thing that I kind of took away from it and what I respected the most mm-hmm. it was just his accountability like and how he held everybody around him accountable not just coaches not just players but coaches too like you know coaches can be wrong and coaches you can get called out too so it was just like the the, the strive for perfection but then you know when we was able to you know let our hair down man it was all jokes it was all love it was all family mm-hmm. I think that was a reason why the team was so good because we you know, we respected one another and we actually liked one another. You know what I'm saying? Regardless if it was on the defensive side of the ball, the offensive side of the ball, guys really rock with each other. We supported each other, man. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was jokes and clowning for days. You know what I'm saying? So like <laughs> Saturday night live and what you see in the commercials, man,
2: you know, as it, boys being boys. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, this has been great. Is there anything you would like to add? Feel free, feel free to plug anything. I see you have a podcast, plug your podcast, Plug
1: anything you want, plug it Um, right here, man. You know, we uh, we got uh, our I got my podcast. I got my co-host, well, Darius Butler, a former teammate of mine. It's called the Man to Man Podcast. We live Mondays and Thursdays, um, eight a.m. Uh, wherever you listen to uh to to podcast, you can catch us there. And um, you know, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, if you are into HBCU football, man, I'm a color analyst for HBCU Go. Um, if you got the Griot, uh, we 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 be live on Saturdays. Um swag games, CIAA games, and SIAC, man. So that's definitely a good look. But other than that, man, just want to tell y'all, man, keep doing y'all thing, man. Uh take it one day at a time, man. And, and, and sooner or later, man. Y'all gonna blow. Appreciate
3: you. Appreciate you. Man. you, man. Appreciate
2: you. Man. Who the best team sure. to swag? And, and, <laughs> and who the best team to swag? Me and Ray, we already know to probably the best team right now in, in, in no the MIAC. MIAC. You mean the meak, bro? Not the no, team. no, I'm saying swag first. I said who the best oh, team? Oh, swag after we already oh, know. I go with fam right now in the swag. Fam, oh. all right. Okay. i say they beat, fam right now. Because they beat Jackson State? Because they beat Jackson State? Yeah. how beat them? I, yeah, I would say FAM right now. Mm-hmm. All right. but and, and Central in the MEAC, right? You would say Central <laughs> right now in the MEAC. Yeah, I would <laughs> You want to say Howard? <laughs> yeah, I'm say Howard. I'm okay. I'm say I tried to Howard. catch him. Hey, Aye, I tried to get him. Though. <laughs> no, I'm I'm, 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 going with, I'm going with home team, Dude, man. I, we went to University of Maryland Eastern Shore. We don't got football team. We can't, we, we
1: can't be in this race. We can't be. Some gotta give with that, man. Y'all need a, y'all need a
3: football team. I know, man. We've been trying. Well, that, We've that's been trying. part of my mission. That's part of why I'm doing this, bro. To be real, man. <laughs> to give back to my school, and hopefully we can, we can see that reality become uh real (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. very soon man but thanks again for joining us brother we appreciate it great man no doubt man appreciate y'all for having
2: me that was awesome man
3: 100 and i I know y'all talk not listening no more bro but Mm -hmm. y'all talk created a whole firestorm on twitter over the weekend it's i'm trying to tell you like it was real I i meant to say something but you know we could we couldn't really mention it while we had him on the show. <laughs> I, I know, I know that's
2: right, but that was dope, man. Hey man, we just we just that's talked cool. we talked about how football, but unfortunately, let's talk about the main football team in the DMV. Um, geez Louise. Um so, <laughs> hey, Sunday, the commanders got Mollywapped by the Buffalo Bills 37 <laughs> to 3. See my language It's Awesome. <laughs> For their first loss of the season. Uh, what were your overall thoughts in the of the game? You weren't on our, you know, all burning goal or anything post game, but what you, I want to get your thoughts. Um, on well, this yeah, game.
3: you know, I shared my I shared my thoughts in the comment section. Yeah. If you remember, some of it, um, I can still go back to now yeah. because this is my first time getting getting to talk about it on it. this platform. Yeah. And first and foremost, I feel like Sam Howe, on that first hit he took. I don't think he recovered from it. I, I don't know if he was necessarily concussed, but I feel like. He definitely got his bill rung, and he I think that made a, all it. the world of a difference moving mm-hmm. forward in that game. Not to say that his offensive line blocking was great, but still, when you got hit like that, it makes you think twice about whether you want to run. You mm-hmm. then start to second-guess yourself. You hold the football too long, and he's still a young quarterback, so that impacted him. But Overall, so I'm not redundant, the The Cowboys lost. Yeah. You know who the Giants are. So <laughs> if you ask me, the commanders are not in a bad spot, even though you lost – by a blowout or you were blown out mm-hmm. a loss is a loss so you got to move forward now you got a divisional game this week and you got to turn the page but i feel as though the defense played well enough for you to be in the ball game and i feel like eric b enemy does need to need to implement the run a bit more in his offense however the the criticism that came his way now everybody of course thought he was the best thing since sliced bread after carbon right, right? Yeah, and yeah, now definitely. it's like well he's not too much and sam and, and, and for and Ho- and how to both of them are getting like yeah, it's like, hold it's on. Crazy. Okay, it's crazy. We're talking about one game in a sense where just a week ago it was all good. And I know yeah. that Miami did destroy Um, they they, they did destroy Denver. Uh, Denver. Yeah, but, yeah, still, but yeah. still. And I think I might say the Cardinals game. My bad. I meant the Denver game. Uh, but yeah. regardless, <laughs> Denver I feel as though was a, a pretty good measuring stick on the road for young Sam House. So yeah, I feel like I that heard. was legit. And, and everybody thought Okay, we've turned a page from Scott Turner to Eric Benamy. But as soon as you lose, and it was the defense of Buffalo that really made the, the, the game difficult for Sam, Yeah. Now all of a sudden we're regressing. Nah, I think just like a year ago where Washington went up to Philly and was competitive, I know we'll get there. I think yeah. you'll have a similar matchup this season. But overall, my thought to the game was it's not time to panic. Buffalo's defense played really, really well. And I told y'all also in the post game that you can't sell your tickets and have Buffalo like 50 50. In, in, in your home stadium, I'm sorry, Buffalo. Yeah, fans. But they they mob they mob it though. They mob they mob a lot of stadiums. I
2: get I know you're right. But they mob a lot of stadiums though. Um, they you know they like you watched the Arizona game, the Cowboys Arizona Cowboys game.
3: Well, that's always the case for the Cowboys. Yeah, though there. yeah,
2: but so it's so like just Washington ain't there yet. To your point though, yeah, you don't want it. They're not there yet. You know what I'm saying? Like they've had a history of a, a recent history of having the opp- the opposing team mob their stadium you know what i'm saying so that's not going to be changed in a day bro or in a week or in whatever if you got a good fan base you're still able to kind of infiltrate this stadium in my opinion like you're going to get the same thing with the cowboys i mean i'm not i think you're probably the same thing with the cowboys let me not lie the cowboys and the giants and the eagles you're going to get similar to that you know what i'm saying so I, i'm a realist when it comes to it but for me my, my disappointment in that game and my thought process is, again, you put a lot of equity. You're right. The defense didn't play horrible, but you did put a lot of equity in that defense. And I just don't like – just like you don't – like you talk about, you don't like Rivera and his like his temperament at times, right? I don't like playing defense to just be a good defense. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like that. Like, I feel like – like just like when, when um, Antoine was talking about, like, Build your brand, build your core, like build your brand, be the best, basically. You know what I'm saying? Well, p- play like you put all the equity on defense. How about playing defense like you want to be the best defense in the NFL rather than just being a top 10 defense? You know what I mean? What that means is that all right, we're not gonna have people just running wide open, you know, like Stephon Diggs. You knew the game plan. You knew who's you knew who Josh Allen was gonna look for. You knew this this is a homecoming game for dude. For uh for Stefan Diggs. Like you knew this. I'm not saying you are supposed to stop stefan Diggs because he's like he's that dude, but he shouldn't be running wide by himself at times. He shouldn't be running by himself. Like there should be somebody following Stefan Diggs, period. I don't care if the dude is beat, but somebody has to follow him. You know what I mean? Like you can't have a play where Stefan Diggs is on one side that I think there was a tight end on the other side, and I think it may have been the third wide receiver on the uh, on the same side. Stefan Diggs breaks out. They follow the other two, but they leave Stefan Diggs wide open. No, you don't that, to me that's that's obvious. I don't care if you blow coverage and let the other dude like you can't leave Stefan Diggs wide open. You know, at all. he's Stefan Diggs. You know what I'm saying? Like so that's my thing like coach defense to be great, like or or play defense to be great. You know what I'm saying? But don't don't play defense just to be a top 10 defense, especially when you have the dogs on the field to be better than just top 10. You can top three. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're right. Like they gave up and they gave up 16 points for most of the game with all the turnovers. They gave up 16 mm-hmm. points within the, in the fourth quarter. They were down 16 nothing. So yes, that's not that's not bad. But also, when you're a dominant defense, you're not give you're not going you're not allowing a team going nine for 15 on third down. A lot of them third and long nine for 15 on third down plays is, is not good. And a lot of them with third and long. So you can't get a stop at all. That's not a, that's not good. You know what I mean? So to me, like, yes, we can go on Sam Howe, We can go on EB. I mean, Sam Howe is a rookie. So is, is it like, but I think people are, a little too, are, are too hard on Sam Howe because he's a rookie. Like he's basically a rookie going against the Buffalo defense. But, and to your point, right, you were everybody was getting the flowers and now he's the worst thing in the world. And some people are talking about Jacoby Brissett, which is weird, but you got a defense that has been here. Who is who is who you put equity in, who's supposed to be leading your team, you need to dominate. I'm done with like for me, I'm done with the whole process of okay, yeah, the offense put them, you know, they they, they, they kind of set them up. They did set them up. Don't get me wrong. Don't get don't get me wrong. But it gets to a point where you want to see the defense dominate. Like I, I need to see this defense dominate. They've been
3: good, but I want to see you dominate for four quarters. Yeah, you talk about that a lot not not yeah. being a been but don't break defense, but a great yeah. defense, not a good defense. Because Breland, Breland said that because Breeland said that
2: to us. He said that's what this defense. We we looking at his defense breeze like they're good. But he said, Yeah, but they're been but don't break defense. I was like, I don't know.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> you made a change on the offensive side, then that the 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 key may be having to make a change on that side of the ball as well. Mm. Um, because JDR, of course, has had his time, he's had his opportunities. So this is it. In mm-hmm. this season, if you don't get it right, then change is going is going to come. but you write about the talent everybody knows that. the front four is is well respected around the league.
2: Yeah. Um,
3: but in terms of making sure that you secure sacks and winning turnover battles, we talked about that at the Denver game. you win a turnover yeah. battle, you can win football games and that happened in Denver. so now you want to have that be a consistent occurrence for your defense. Um, but two and one looks good. Yeah. And it don't matter if you lost 37 or in a game-winning field goal, you got blown out. It's two and one, and you yeah. got you got to move forward. So,
2: you, do you think that this loss kind of hinders this team's progress, or do you feel like it don't really matter? Just a loss is a loss to you.
3: No, Could I think it... it should aid. I think it should aid this team's progress. We talk about mm-hmm. who Eb has be, become to this team, the type of leader that he is. I feel as though it's not a fun week for these guys right now because of the performance, the offense. Of course, like you said, was largely blamed for the defeat and for the nature in which the defeat occurred. So now, Evs probably in their ears like, all right, we cannot have a a repeat of what happened. He defeated Philly in the Super Bowl. He's gonna tell these guys, I know how to beat this team, all right? Do you know how to beat this team? Because now we gotta face them and we gotta face a team that we know we're gonna have to overcome, potentially within the division and or the playoffs. It's time to show what we can do. And Sam, learn from the mistakes you made. Watch plenty of film this week. I think it's an opportunity to, to learn. I mean, where can you go? That's the that's the worst beating you probably going to get this season. <laughs> so you can only go <laughs> that up. Is, when, you ain't when, lying. You, when you get to like rock bottom, you can only go up. That's the saying, right? Yeah, you ain't lying, bro. You will not
2: lie. Yeah, I, I just hope it doesn't hinder Sam Sam um Sam Howe. I hope it doesn't hinder him in terms of like, you know, when you have a game you throw four interceptions, right? It's natural for you to start to second guess yourself, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully he has he develops amnesia and still be and still goes out there and try to ball. You know what I mean? Because because quarterback's gonna throw interceptions. A rookie quarterbacks are definitely going. to – I mean, rookie quarterbacks will definitely throw interceptions. That's that's the thing that's going to happen. But what do you learn from it? You know what I'm saying? So hopefully he learns from it, like you said, Ray, and makes him stronger. It makes the whole and the offense as a whole learns from it and makes their makes their team stronger. You know what I mean? But yeah, there's definitely a lesson to be learned from that game because that was one of the biggest ass whoopings. 30s dominating ass with a thirty-seven-three. That thing was that thing. That thing was special, bro. That thing was special. That thing well, was like, oh look, snap! It's getting worse. <laughs> that look, was it, like. Look that, at bro. what happened.
3: Look at what happened to Denver over the weekend. Of oh, course, yeah, they, I mentioned that. I don't, they I don't know. Them, I've, 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 I don't think overcoming that. I don't think overcoming that. And then on <laughs> top of that, look at what happened to the Giants week one. You're not, and, and the Giants turn around
2: and they, they win me.
3: at Arizona. They overcame a big deficit. So you, True. you, you, you cannot get hung up on a loss like that. Although, what's crazy is, and this is why I'm I'm still a little bit miffed about people selling their seats, is they well, I watched you, I watched Doug, I watched all these dudes, Rio, all y'all brothers, man, salute to yeah. all y'all. I watched all y'all uh, predictions, and almost everybody, except for one person that I can remember, picked yeah, the say, commanders and yeah, picked exactly. the commanders by a sizable margin. So that Fact. means you had faith that this team could get it done. And I'm like, dang, that's why, like, Felix on the pregame show said the the atmosphere was electric. I'm like, I oh, don't see that. I see Buffalo up in there. In there. So I'm just saying, if you're going to really turn the page, man, folks really need to go full in on this team and this group. And you got to stick with them through the growing pains, bro. Facts, bro. Facts.
2: All right. Like last year, the commanders are traveling to Philadelphia to take on an undefeated Eagles team. Uh, Nobody has the commanders winning this game. Actually, I'm in that same little group and nobody really has the commanders winning. They got them getting blown out in terms of picks you're talking about. I'm looking at the, the chat. Everybody has the commanders getting blown out. Um, I had I picked the commanders this actually picked the commanders, but I'm just being I'm being a homer. I ain't gonna hold you, bro. But <laughs> but what so for you, what do you see? What I mean, what do you want to see from the commanders in Philadelphia?
3: I want to see the commanders, like you said, on defense, be dominant. Yeah, get pressure on get pressure on the quarterback. Don't allow this Austin awesome receiving core in the Philadelphia Eagles begin to gain confidence and get loose because then it could be a long day if hurts is escaping the pocket and finding his guys you got to keep it contained you got to get to him if you don't it's going to be a long day additionally if the commanders really have the best receiving core in the league you need to prove it against a group of, of guys on the other side who believe they're the best receiving core in football sure. so this is a game about pride this is also Good about point, if we win this game we're number one in our division in a tough division I think it's a statement. you on the road. It's a new start. EB beat this defense in the Super Bowl. Now, granted, he at Mahomes. <laughs> so that's the biggest difference. But still, yeah, it's yeah, a sticking a point. Man. A lot of us talk about <laughs> Eric enemy's experience mm-hmm. and how he's a Super Bowl-winning offensive coordinator. Okay, so why can't we approach this matchup and say, you know what, he just defeated this thing. He knows the blueprint. Let's get it done. Run that football, too, fans. Yeah, he gonna have to. I mean, I, This is what I want
2: to see. Uh, something like I like just like I think I said this last year, in that last in last year's game. So I will just use the same the same model. Compete, just compete, compete at a high level. D and, and like I want to see the offense compete because it's easy, to like to dwell on what happened this last Sunday. It's easy to dwell on it. So, but I want to see your confidence show that you're not scared of. You're not scared to make mistakes. Compete. Um, that's, that's the most important thing. Even like Antonio, Antonio Gibson, you him an example. Uh, he, he fumbled the ball. I think in practice they showed it like Ray, I think you put it out there on our, on our chat, uh, with him, mm-hmm. the way he's holding the football compete, bro. Like make, make a play for your team, show your teammates that, you know, that ain't going to happen again. And you're willing to, to do whatever it takes to make a play to like, to, I guess, yeah, to redeem yourself from what happened last week. Right. So just compete and make plays defense. All right, don't put it all on don't put it all on Sam. On Sam Howe. Like say we you know what, we're going to win this game. Like instead of saying like okay, we we just going to try to do enough for our offense to kind of take us over. No, we're going to win this game. Put it on yourself. We're going to win this game. If you put that you have that mindset, then you should be able to compete with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not saying you're going to win the game to be honest with you. I the, the, like you're the you're the underdogs. You're the big underdogs. That's just, that's the truth, that's the fact.
3: But man, if you put yourself out there, you be a beast. Yeah, but I'm just saying, you talk about well, what for the Eagles or just in general? Nah, for, for Washington, I feel like them going into this game being an underdog, I think that's oh, great for them. Yeah. I think I think they had expectations last week because they were all to a high start. Yeah. They were one of the they were one of three teams mentioned as surprising yeah. two in those starts. But yeah. this game, just go and play carefree football, just like you did a season ago. Yeah. Yeah. Play carefree football and just
2: but but play but play with a level of a level of like intensity. Jo- yeah. Intensity. Level intensity. Like just Instead of saying like, "Hey, you know, I'm a I'm a trusted this this person over here, our our offense is going to take over it." No, look, I'm the offense. We are gonna win the game. Like, I want to win the game. We going we want to win the game. If I'm the defense, like, nah, we gonna win the game. It's on us to win the game. Have that have that ownership in this game, and I feel like if you do that, you you your outcome wins win win or loss, you'll be happy with your outcome.
3: Yeah, I just want to say to the fans, I watch X. I'm I'm getting used to saying it, and at halftime in that Denver game, everybody wanted the the coaching staff fired. And I'm gonna say even before the second quarter, we are still trash. We're still this. Some things never change. Yeah. Like this fan base is really really fragile, man. Y'all gotta y'all gotta <laughs> hold on. My goodness, I know I get how fans can be, but I'm just saying. I, I watched it. and then to watch the flip once you come back and win, Sam Howell is this. EB is that it was amazing to watch the clip, and now we're back to square one where we start and dog. We back we we got we got Chase Young haters again and everything, bro. It's real. Like he had the worst. It's it's, it's literally quarter to quarter the temperature of this fan base, and it's terrible, man. I want, I want to shout out one person, man. That's my man the beard on on X. He always like, bro, like calm down. Like, really? Like roofing your team, like I get it. Anyway, that that, I I digress. No, no, you're real. (laughs) Let's keep it. And the commanders aren't even my team, bro. No, you keep the buck. That's 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 real talk.
2: You know what I'm saying? Not to be funny. That is real talk, though. <laughs> hey, but uh, Ray, finish the statement for me, bro. Washington wins
3: if. Washington wins if they come out fast and start the game fast. And also, if they win the turnover battle, Washington will win this game.
2: Uh, see, I'm hey, if you're listening to the show, folks, feel free to respond to the question as well. Finish the statement Washington wins if all right. So, on Twitter, could be posted this later. I mean, the afternoon, the same question. My man, uh, com- uh com- commander Jay Dilla, premier wonder, says Sam's turnovers because every single one of them were unnecessary and, and eventually caused the defense to wear down. Also, even yep. didn't run enough. Ah, uh, you can't have your backs getting over seven yards per carry. I mean, per carry and abandoning. Mm-hmm. I expect both. I, I expect both to be better against against Philly. I know my man Cameron had one too. Trying, see if I can find him real quick. Uh, that would, uh there you go. Uh, Cameron said, uh, pretty much everyone as a whole, both. Well, this is right. Yeah, this is it. Uh, oh no, 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 not something else. Actually, that's something else. All right. So oh, actually, I'm gonna read I'm, I'm gonna read a tweet though. I said what so this is a tweet that a tweet that I put out there for uh, put out there said what pissed you off the most about the commander's loss to the Buffalo Bills? Cameron said offensively and defensively. Um he said oh, pretty much everyone as a whole, offensively and defensively. So, but yeah, um for me, I'm gonna let me read basically the same thing. Washington wins if they play with a dog, bro. I'm sorry. They play with a dog. I know it's like cliche, like, yeah, everybody should play with that type of energy, but you got to play, you got to play like you want it, like you really want it. Like that intensity that we saw that primetime game last year when the Eagles were undefeated and watched that, that, that's a, that was a different type of intensity. Play with that dog. Like, yeah, I, I could go out and say, create turnovers, like, like create turnovers, uh, win the turnover battle. Um... Like run the football. I can say that. But but the grand scheme of the, the, the real thing of it is is play with that energy. Play with that desperateness. Like, okay, we gotta take this. We gotta win it. You Mo, do that, no you'll be fine. That's the
3: that's the one that's the one aspect of Ron's tenure I can't stand. They start slow and they mm. just don't seem to come out with that passion. Come yeah. out and hit somebody, hit somebody in the mouth. It's gonna have to be Chase, it's gonna have to be default, it's gonna have to be guys who they got that in them. And I, I guarantee the rest will follow. We know Terry is the guy offense, man. He's the leader yeah. of offense. And he gets them going, find that dude early as well, in addition to running the ball, run some play action. EB is good. EB became one-dimensional because of the nature of that football game. And I get it. But sure. this this is a new week, baby. we put putting Buffalo behind us. I'm still not going to pick the commander this week, but I just think it's going to be close. Give me tonight. a score I mean, real quick now. Okay, which,
2: which, oh, to be honest, I right? expect
3: the defense to be better than they were last uh-huh. week. So I'm going to say 23-17 Philly. Even though right. I, I want to pick the commanders, I just don't have the heart
2: to do it. I feel yeah. you. Uh, give me uh, I, I'm picking Washington because my homer. Give me Washington okay. twenty uh twenty four twenty. Okay. Right. Like, See yeah. some scores, a last, bro. A last drive, a last drive for a win. That's how i look. That's how I look at some of the scores, bro. I'm you know what saying. Up. Well, the commanders disappointed. I can say made the man. The commanders disappointed me Sunday, but the but the Orioles have provided me with so much joy, just so much joy. I won't lie to you. So much, so much joy. Right, so let back. me introduce my gu- <laughs> my next guest. Right now we have host of the or, Ornith- or- oh, Sorry, I can't even say it, man. I can't go lie to you. Oh, I said it right the first time. Or- Ornitho- Ornitho- <laughs> Ornithologically-, Ornithologically. Ornithologically. Thank you, Correct Podcast. Josh Lynn on the show. What's up, Josh? Hey, man. How you guys doing? Bro? I'm nice good. to talk to you again. Look, Josh, I said it good initially the first time doing my pregame this time yeah. i just said it horribly <laughs> i don't i mean i'm
0: not helping you out with a name like that i'm not like i can barely say it right
2: i appreciate but. you josh thanks for coming on man I appreciate i, I enjoyed Absolutely. we enjoyed having you on the last time we really did so appreciate you ha- having you on but Josh, before we go into talking about the o's can you tell our tell our listeners about your podcast
0: uh sure uh it's called ornithologically correct it's uh hosted by me me only um, I soft launched it back in April, did a couple of episodes, and I am going to be bringing it back next week to do a comprehensive postseason preview once, uh, everybody kind of gets dialed in and, and I know, you know, where, who's playing who. So, uh, very excited to do that. And, uh, previously I wrote for Birds Watcher, which is the Orioles fan-sided affiliate and, uh, Utah Street Report as well. Uh, both very good sites. I encourage you to check them out as well.
2: And folk, and you're on you're on YouTube too, right? It's on YouTube. I, I do YouTube. post
0: my episodes to YouTube, and they are on um, every, as far as I know, every major podcast service. Um, I'm oh, actually cool. uh, I partner with a Red Sox podcast named the Pesky oh, wow. Podcast, uh, so okay. I'm a part of their their network, so to speak. So, uh, yeah, you need ALE's content, you you come there.
2: You're partnering with a re- with a with a Red Sox. Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> actually, one of the co-hosts
0: I've known since we were five years old. Uh, oh, he's a, yeah, he's a diehard Red Sox fan, always has been. So. So it's really cool to do with them. All,
2: right. all right. So, all right. The Orioles are in good shape to clinch the uh, AL East uh, this week. Um, they're actually winning five to one at the moment. Uh, the Rays won, so I think I are going to drop the number down to one. The magical, yep. num- the magic number is one. So, how for you? How improbable has this season been for you?
0: I don't want to say entirely because I knew they were going to be good, but mm-hmm. I did not see them flirting with 100 wins to be honest with you um i was actually on the aforementioned pesky podcast i said at the beginning of the season i thought like anywhere from 86 to 89 i thought that they were going to end up in and i thought that would be a decent improvement from last year when they won 83 Mm -hmm. and uh you figure you know just from the young guys improving and the the free agent pickups that they added that you know i thought that would be a comfortable win total for them and i thought that they would challenge for a wild card spot uh, the division I did not think was an attainable goal this year. And I'm pretty sure Michael Elias even said that back in I want to say February. Mm-hmm.
2: So yeah, completely
0: and happily stunned.
2: Yeah, it's been a great season. Uh I'm like you though. I thought they were <laughs> gonna be a really I thought they would be a good team. Yeah, right, you know, raising that strength. But I thought it was gonna I thought it was gonna be I thought they were gonna be a good team. Obviously I didn't think they were gonna win hundred games, but I thought they would be I thought they would compete. Like I thought they would be a postseason team. I did feel like it'd be a wild card team. I thought that going into the season but then how the season was playing out uh you know that first like the first couple of the first couple of months i felt like okay all right this team is a little different now you know especially you know the, the setup even with when, when seeing cano and the cano batista uh, combination i was like okay this team could be something real special
0: yeah and even because the rays got off to that insane
2: start they were yeah. 23 at
0: 1.2 so mm-hmm. they were down like double digit games and then come to june and they're slowly but surely closing the gap and it's just mm-hmm. like Holy crap. Like they, they have a legitimate shot at this. And they, the fact that they've, you know, caught them and passed them and kept ahead of them is a testament to all of the, you know, managers, coaches, and players. It's, it's a remarkable achievement for a, a young team like this.
2: So, so, so Saturday, uh, the, Ori- uh, Orioles pitcher, John means, uh, in his longest start since returning from Tommy John surgery, went seven and a third innings, allowing one hit and, and, and a run against the Cleveland guardians. Uh, how, has his emergence changed the outlook of the on, the? on the Orioles postseason pitching staff.
0: I don't want to exaggerate or be hyperbolic, but I he kind of saved us in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our pitching staff was looking a little shaky. Um, you had Bradish, who was consistently good throughout. Um, Grayson Rodriguez has been incredible in the second half, but after that, there was a lot of shakiness. Uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Gibson had a really rough stretch in July. Yeah. I think his ERA was close to eight in July. Yeah, it was. Uh, Kramer, Kramer was struggling. Um, Tyler Wells hit his innings limit and kind of fell off of a cliff and had to get sent down to triple A. So to have him come back and uh, and especially considering the circumstances that he's coming off of a Tommy John surgery. Um, he's been a godsend for the Orioles and specifically that start. The, you know, the bullpen was struggling, uh, you know, in that Cleveland series because the pitchers just were not going long enough. Uh, I think in the second game, Kramer didn't even make it out of the fourth. And they were having to pitch four or five innings every night. So to go into the eighth inning, it was just such a a boost for, you know, just on his behalf, just seeing him after this Tommy John come back and pitch that well. But to give the bullpen the rest after playing, I think it was 17 straight games. uh, That was so crucial to, you know, because if, I think if the Orioles had been in a, a wild card position, mm-hmm. and you know technically they still can, I think they would have been in some trouble just given what the bullpen situation was like. But the that stretch of uh, Gibson, uh, Means, and uh, Grayson going deep into the game was, or not, uh, yeah, I think it was racing mm-hmm. against the race. It
2: was just it was huge. So, so would you say that Means is now probably? I mean, he's, he's. I think he's definitely making. He's definitely in the rotation for in, in the postseason. But where do you put him at? Do, is he the third pitcher? At first, I was thinking he could be four because I thought Kramer would be third. So is yeah. he now, now? Is he now three? So I wonder how
0: they play it. So if it, it looks like if the Orioles win to the the division, they're going to be the one seed in the AL, so they'll have home yeah. field throughout. Meaning game one and two will be in Baltimore. So I wonder if they'll use Means for game two because mm. Cannon Yards is a great, you know hard for him with the left field wall yeah good point um and so I, I wonder if they maybe I think like Bradish is getting game one I don't think yeah, that's a question Definitely,
2: yeah, definitely. yeah, so
0: and really beyond that it's just kind of more playing to matchups anyway so yeah. I if I had to guess I think they would throw means game two Grayson game three and then I honestly think they would go Gibson over Kramer if they needed a fourth starter
2: do we really okay yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scared think, of Gibson I'm scared of Gibson I won't lie to you <laughs> I think him and
0: him and Kramer are very similar. They're both prone to giving up homers and having bad sure. starts. I think Hyde will go with Cram- or Gibson just because of the kind of the stereotypical. He has experience. He's pitched in the playoffs before, mm-hmm. um, and he's very clearly got like a leadership role in this team, even though he's only been here he for the one year. So, I I I would put money on Gibson getting the being the fourth starter. So I think Kramer would move to the bullpen.
2: Okay. So, with all right, so we're talking about the bullpen, and obviously, I mean, recently, even today, um, starters have been going deeper, so it's getting the bullpen some rest. Uh, we saw me, saw Bradish yesterday, me, uh, and Gibson and Means both went deep, like giving the bullpen some break, giving them a break. But obviously, you're missing uh, all star, all star closer, Batista, Felix Batista. Uh, d- he's dealing with a shoulder injury. Um, what are, what are your concerns right now with the bullpen? Knowing that it seems like to me it's like 50-50 and maybe lower that Batista makes the po- gets to the postseason.
0: Yeah, I'm so I'm less worried than I was like a week ago because the postseason schedule there's so many off days built in, mm-hmm. and then you have the luxury of shortening your rotation so you have more arms like so we'd have like Flaherty, Kramer, and whoever. So I'm not as concerned, um, but obviously you know, having a healthy Felix Batista would change everything. Mm. Um, though I, you know, I got to give credit to guys who have stepped up in his place. Like Sieno Perez has looked like himself again yes, yes. Pretty since since uh, Batista's gone down. Cano has had a couple of shaky appearances, yeah. including the one in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, but last night he looked, he looked good, tremendous. Oh my yes. goodness. So good. yeah, if but it's just, that was just such a luxury to have him in a seventh or eighth inning role um but that yeah it's gonna be it's gonna definitely be tough but again i guess i mean felix could still technically pitch mm-hmm. um, i'm sure we'll talk about that but i'm not as down on it as some for, for sure i just i think the you know the, the built-in off days and the
2: shortened rotation will kind of mitigate some of that issue so do you think felix will play because I'm, I'm like i'm on the side of thinking like i don't think he's going to play for some strange reason that's what's in my mind like i don't think he's going to play but... yeah i mean He's doing, I mean, he's throwing, he's throwing. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Like if he wasn't, why, you know, what's the point
0: of going through all this, but then it's just like, I'm worried about him, just the person, yeah, like I don't yeah, want to see his long-term future get sacrificed. Um, so, but I, I, they, I just, I can't imagine they'd be ramping him up and having him throw a SIM game if they weren't confident that, yeah. you know, things weren't going to go wrong. Um, And there is like very, Limited precedent. I know uh, Masahiro Tanaka, who used to pitch for the Yankees, he partially tore his UCL in 2014, and he rehabbed it, came back, and pitched nine years after that without Mm, uh, TJ, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, So it's theoretically possible, but then we're talking about a guy that throws 102 miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, So... It's tough. And I know um, the splitter specifically is a pitch that can cause extra stress in your elbow because of having to spread your hand apart, you know, further than you would for a fastball. And that's his best pitch. So I'm I'm nervous. But if they are confident that there's no long term damage beyond Tommy John, I think it's worth a shot because whether he got it last week or got it a month from now, he's not going to pitch next year. Mm-hmm. So why not take the chance that maybe he can help you now before that happens? Um, yeah, just I just hope the best for his personal health and just hope that he can rebound from this after all it's said and done. But, you know, there's no reason to think that those doctors are being you know nefarious or anything like that. So I trust mm-hmm.
3: him. Right. I want to jump in. Finally, can you all hear me OK? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, <sure>. yeah. <laughs> all right. So I know I'm a Nets fan, but. Of course, I grew up an Orioles fan because we didn't have a baseball team here in D.C. And at the time, there was no NFL football team in Baltimore either. So what would a deep postseason run do for the Orioles in the city? Would that now bring them back into discussion with the Ravens, who are like kings of Baltimore right now? What would that do mm, for the fan base? Point.
0: So admittedly, I'm not for, I don't live there, Um mm, but mm. I, I feel like I'm in tune enough with the fan base to know like it, it's. Um, and I'm also a Ravens fan too, but it's just when the Orioles are good, it's just different. Mm. I don't know if that's mm. partly because they've been bad, you know, for the most of recent history and the Ravens have been consistently good, but it's just, it's just a different vibe. Like, and even in the game, the, the fan bases, there's just more of a, like a, I not rabid, but it's just like a visceral, just such energy in the stadium. So a consistent run of success like that would be, would be huge. Um, I think the main thing it would do is just expose how great of a, a baseball town Baltimore is because people like, there's still people just aren't used to the concept of the Orioles being good, you know, beyond what they read about, mm-hmm. you know, in the sixties through the eighties. Um, but yeah, it would totally galvanize the city. And especially, you know, at a time where like certain places in inner Harbor are looking for reinvestment, like the Harbor place, you know, that having, uh, you know, the Orioles who are drawing, You know increased attendances who are consistently good could be a huge boon economically as well i would Mm -hmm. imagine so um nothing but good things and it you know it just it's so good to see that energy back in canyon yards again
2: no it definitely is i mean it's like how when adam jones was there um and with that team you saw how electric it was even that alcs how electric that you know that that series was with the royals even though they lost the series but yeah. it was electric though it was real electric so yeah i feel like to to raise for i think that you know it's to be hard to compete like you know now the ravens are consistent and football is like king and all of all all sports in terms mm. of what it what it grosses but i do feel like and i'm not i'm not i'm not showing it because i'm a fan of the orioles but i do think like like josh said it is a different type of energy when the orioles win like it is a, it's just different i don't know how to explain compare it to a ravens vibe when the ravens are doing well but when the Orioles win it's a different vibe it it is it's it's a different energy because and maybe it is because it's been they haven't won in so long that could be a, that could be an element in play too but when they win it's like this the the effect candom is crazy and you've seen it and it's the funny thing about it is now but you've never seen it before just like we talk about and we talked about football how teams are now invading FedEx or whatever they invade FedEx the Orioles are invading everywhere now. Like I don't know yeah. if you if you watch games, they're in they're in Anaheim. They're in I mean they're in L.A. for the for the Angels game. They're they were in Houston. They were in Cleveland. There and you can yeah. hear them and you can hear them everywhere because they do yeah. the, they do the Baltimore chant. So you can hear it. So the thing about when the Orioles win, the fan base goes kind of they they do go crazy. They go crazy.
0: Yep, and it's um like I remember the first time I noticed it because like you said, it used to be like I went to a always Red Sox game in 2005 um, and it was, it was like 75% Red Sox fans. You, Mm -hmm. it was just, yeah, not a good, I mean, you know, good experience being at the ballpark, but it was like, man, I wish this was different. And then I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I noticed it changed was that Cal Ripken statue game against Mm -hmm. the Yankees in 2012. And it was just like, yeah, just a visceral, just like, Yankees suck like it was just the crowd was unhinged it was and I remember just being blown away I was like this is what I've been waiting for like this is what I've been told about so uh to see it come to life and then you know after another pretty down stretch for the Orioles to see it come back is just it's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's, I'm just happy. I'm happy that there's an opportunity. They have a chance to. To, to go. I mean, they're one of the favorites to get to the World Series, so yeah. Um, it's 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 good times for the. But for if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, fan, it's it's a good time. So, hey, Josh, this has been dope. Before we let you go, how can folks subscribe to the podcast, and also, uh, how can they follow you on social media? Absolutely. So uh, you can
0: follow me on Twitter at these two handles below: at jjlinjj that's my individual account, and then d underscore oc underscore podcast that is uh, the site page. And I uh, usually. Go live with my episodes, so you can find my episodes right. there. You can find them on YouTube uh, or any uh, major uh, podcast service. Um, on Spotify, I'll be labeled under the Pesky Podcast, but you can search the individual episodes too and find it there. Um, and uh, yeah, and like I said, going to be dropping a new episode next week to get the get the pod started up again. So uh, keep your eyes out for that.
2: Are you on, on X? I guess X X Live too as well. X Live. Uh, yeah, Facebook, I usually Facebook do. Live too. Uh Facebook Live. I do not. I, I okay, go live, X live on.
0: Yeah, go live on uh, Twitter X and uh, and YouTube. Okay, great, great. Hey,
2: Josh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. We really do. Go oh O's. yeah, thank you.
0: Yes, go and, O's. Thank and, you and for having we'll, me. We'll
2: probably have you if they go if they go deep in the postseason. I'll have you on again. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna be down in
0: Baltimore for a bunch of the games too. So yeah, it's gonna be oh, a good time.
2: awesome, awesome. All right, Josh, thanks again, man. Awesome. Take it easy, guys. Have a good take, night. Take take it easy. <laughs> yeah, let's go O's. I, I I saw Will's text. You know, Will, you saw Will's text, right? Well,
3: I don't know <laughs> what he's speaking. Of. I mean, he went to school to be more, so he should know the O's are a big deal when they win it, bro. I don't know, I know they are, about, man.
2: We're, yeah, we're, we're they may speaking, not be able to man.
3: rival the Ravens because the Ravens have been flip. so
2: consistent. I know, but, but it's, it's a different vibe. Y'all hit it, it on the head, bro. It, it's different vibe. Hey, those uh, fought all year, all year to hopefully win the AL East. Speaking of a fight, we have a big one Saturday. Let Let me introduce our next guest. Right now we have bite down Boxing, Reginald Woodson on the on the pod. What? Let me let him in. What is good, rage? I'm gonna call you Wood, man. I'm gonna call you Wood. What you been
4: at? you, where you up, been at, bro? Hey, thank y'all for bringing me back.
2: <laughs> hey, oh, we know you. Back. <laughs> hey, Wood, man. You know we you know we fan of you, fans of you, bro. You know that, man. I appreciate it, man. I I just got
4: I just got lost, man. I just... <laughs> I just sat down in front of my equipment one day and just was, was lost.
3: <laughs> yeah, you lost, like though. Floyd, bro. You retire one minute. I know, bro. Like, yeah, I know, Then man. you back. Then you like, I'm a considerate. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I tell you, man, you a memorable dude. though. Every time my wife watches the shot, I'm like, man, who have been telling me that show is trash? You know, five seasons <laughs> ago, man. So, bro, keep going, man. Keep using your voice, bro.
4: I'll tell you this, man. I do a I'm on an app called wisdom man and i'm I'm over there I cook on I cook over there every day mm-hmm. it's not the same um exposure and all of that they don't have a huge uh user base or whatever but all I gotta do is hit go live put my title in there and two two uh tags and I and I cook over there don't nobody know what the hell I'm talking about because this is all <laughs> it's all religion and atheists and uh it's uh astrologists and uh numerology and shit uh, go ahead
2: uh, you good you good you good
4: you good, you good. It's, it's wild over there and then it's me talking about the other black girl and and other the stuff i'm talking about and boxing
2: and I'm boxing the... all that and hey. boxing I want oh, and, and, and music too.
4: I'm the, I'm okay. a resident um I'm the resident boxing aficionado over there on the wisdom map. <laughs>
3: that 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 could be dope. You you can yeah, make real some talk. snacks or you can make a meal for for the fight. Right? Thank you. Thank you. See, there see, you go. See, so it's all about I, keep, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it, bro. It's all about keeping your options open, man. Hey, you got TikTok?
4: Man I signed up for because I was gonna cook on TikTok, and I I got signed up and was getting ready to start cooking over there because this brother from wisdom wanted me to do start doing TikTok. I opened up my app like three days later, man, and TikTok banned me, and I had never made my first video. They banned you? What you do?
3: What
4: you do? I'm like, bro, I'm I'm old, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm too old for this stuff, man.
3: How you, oh man! How you get fired on your day off? You okay? <laughs> hey Wood, man, you gotta come on the show on a regular basis, man. Real, no real, get, real, talk. I'm excited to get your thoughts. I saw your thoughts at the end of that, um that 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 Arrow and and Crawford fight. We don't want to go back there because not, his stablemate, Arrow's stablemate, of course, his fight is fighting Saturday night. Canelo Alvarez will put his four super middleweight championships on the line against super uh ju- i'm sorry not super junior middleweight champion Jermail charlo what will you be looking for from both guys in this fight brother um
4: uh, you know the theme with the with the uh Derek james stable is my timing was off Frank martin said at his last fight where he barely got by i don't even know how to pronounce my mm. man's name. A uh, little known fighter that they had Frank Martin in there against. He said his timing was off that night. Errol Spence Jr., um, amongst several things that went awry for him, he said his timing was off. So I'm sitting here now looking at uh, Jamel Charlo coming back after like a 14, 15 month layoff. Mm. How is his timing going to be great against one of the fighters with the best timing, some of the best timing in the game? Mm, so, great uh, so that's what I'm looking forward to him. Uh, and the fact that I've seen him be outboxed by Tony Harrison, who mm. isn't a bad fighter, um, and, and a pretty damn good boxer, he just has problems finishing fights. But he had, um, he had Charlo pretty much solved in their rematch until Charlo just like fully they went won. for it and turned it into a fight or a brawl mm. and he got him out of there. So that's what I'm looking for for him. Uh, and then on, 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 um. On Canelo's side, he I think he's going to be motivated because he's tired of, he's probably tired of hearing the, he's slipping. And he Mm -hmm. knows he still has these two, he he has two more fights on this deal with the PBC. So Mm -hmm. you he needs a performance to get people excited about those other two fights. And you can't sit here and lose to a guy coming up 14 pounds, you know, from junior middleweight. So, um, I'm expecting him to, um, I'm not going to, he's not really, I don't really see him putting on a a, a show per se, but um, I think he kind of like needs to like redefine who he is becoming an older fighter mm-hmm. and still trying to hold on to the status of the face of boxing. I, I think, I think he needs a, 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 a um, an exceptional performance.
2: So he needs. A, do you think he needs the early knockout? That, I don't that see, I'm,
4: I'm not so sure he can. Knock. I, I'm not so sure he's a knockout. Uh, I, I, I I never really liked his power at super middleweight. He did. He did get um, Caleb Plant up out of there later in that later in that fight. Uh-huh. Um, you know, wasn't able to do a whole lot against Bevo up at light heavyweight. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm I'm really not enamored with his power at super middleweight
2: okay okay so in terms so do you think that charlo has a legit do you feel like charlo has a legit Jamail? let me go. call him Jamel. do you feel like Jamail has a legit chance to upset canelo
4: i thought about this all day man and <laughs> I, I i try not to be a hater <laughs> I, I try my best not to be or, or, to be perceived as a hater.
2: Okay, about well, to say it. Well, you said not to be a hater, like to receive. Okay, I got you. I got you. Nah, not with you. With I you.
4: disagree with so much stuff that's going on in sports right now, and <laughs> and um and I'm often just, I guess if the shoe fits, um, I'm a purist, man. I'm a bo- There's weight. There's weight divisions for a reason, uh-huh. and we're just we just happen to be in this very weird era of boxing. Where, I mean, we got the heavyweight champion of the world, maybe the lineal heavyweight champion and Tyson Fury. He don't even want to fight this other man. This mm-hmm. smaller, this small heavyweight who he's he makes fun of, but he don't even want to fight the man and mm-hmm. become the undisputed champion. I don't think we've had one in the four belt era in, at heavyweight. In a, in a moment where we're doing all of these, uh, we actually have two undisputed champions right here Saturday yeah. getting it on. Yep. You don't want to fight him. It took us 5 years to get EJ and Bud um well it's a, it was another weird situation so I'm I'm just not a fan of this fight. I I can't mm-hmm. I can't get in the the um the time off um I I I I just don't know how you know what as a boxing guy and you guys talk boxing enough
3: mm-hmm. you want to be
4: right with your picks but yes, just like definitely. your football talk, your baseball analysis, all that stuff is excellent. You have so much of your basketball talk. It's apples to apples. It's oranges to oranges quite often. This mm-hmm. boxing stuff right now, man. I mean, we don't we don't know how to. It's it's hard to put your name on anything right now. So, <laughs> no, I know. I can't, I can't see it being. A, I, I can't see him having a legitimate chance at a knockout now. Yeah. It's boxing, and anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But he just hasn't shown me enough. I mean, you just you just had it. You had to have the rematch with Castano mm-hmm. after that split draw. Uh, then you come back, you do knock him out, but it was late. Uh, again, you're he was completely out of answers against Tony Harrison. If you're being unbiased uh-huh. in that fight, he he did get the knockout though, but. I just haven't seen anything to believe, and and Canelo has a hell of a chin. I don't
3: uh-huh.
4: see him getting a decision, so I I, I really I yeah. struggle to find any kind of formula for Jamel to get his hand raised.
2: That's a good point because Canelo got. I mean, Canelo doesn't. People don't talk about it, but Canelo has a, an amazing chin.
4: Probably the one thing about him that I can't say nothing about, and I, and I also <laughs> and I also I can't question it in any way.
2: Yeah. The other
4: thing that I'm looking at is how much better. Or how do you size up Danny Jacobs and Jamel Charlo?
2: Mm.
4: So and that's Jacobs Jacobs really didn't he didn't push Canelo. And I could say some different things about Jacobs coming up small in different moments through you know in, in different parts of his career. I, I can't explain it, but that wasn't his best showing competitive, uh speak, competitively speaking. Um so I'm that's that's really all I kind of have to see how Char- uh, charlo translates to super middleweight mm. uh no fight at middleweight you know he the man is you coming off of a 14 15 month break uh hiatus and then you in here with 14 more pounds of uh of, of body weight trying to perform uh, under the lights against a very formidable boxer i just it's not in the i, I, I can't find a formula for him i just can't Sorry, brothers.
3: <laughs> Ray, you you Sorry. want to say. I do want to jump in. So, Wood, who was the common opponent for Jermel and for Canelo? Austin Trout. Trout. Gotcha. Austin Trout, when he fought Canelo, it was a very competitive fight. And Jermel beat Austin Trout, I want to say a little more decisively than Canelo did. Does that factor into your thinking at all to say? jermel could potentially outbox him and jermel i don't see him knocking out canelo either because of what you said i think that's that's true but jermel got some power and with him having a little more weight on it i think people sleeping on him and yeah i want to get your prediction too
4: i mean i got canelo with the decision um okay i, th- I think another thing along with that chin i think the one thing with the with the exception of the b fight um canelo's which he uh he took bevo lightly you know he was golfing he was golfing in training camp and and went vegan or whatever pescatarian whatever he did going into the fight <laughs> Ew, bro. Just, just completely just completely disrespected that man um so but 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 i'm i'm saying all that to say i still think that's been the Bebo has been the only one that's really made uh, Canelo fight differently than what he wanted to fight, mm. and I don't see based on Harrison's success with boxing, with because uh, he was by he was beating Jamel from the outside, inside fighting mid range. There wasn't any real estate yeah. where Charlo was dominating him until he landed that that shot that got him you know shaky and whatnot. I just don't see him being able to outbox Canelo who has great timing and also uh again he can I don't see him speeding um I don't see him speeding Canelo up at all. Uh and that's the one thing, you know this, Ray. You know Canelo's uh here and there he's shown some excellent defense.
2: Yeah.
4: And it's not the it's not the stuff that a lot of the black fighters do, the brothers do. it's, it's a it's a variation of that. But he like I said, he knows how to manage his space. Uh the head movement is there. Uh, you know, a lot of people attribute his slickness that he does display to the to the lesson that he took from Floyd. I just think it's just it's I think the total package is gonna just gonna be a little bit too much for Jamel.
2: What is she, what does Jamel do if he does lose? What does Jamel do after? What do you think he does after Canelo?
4: Hey, bud, I know, I know I said some things, man. But, uh, we need to figure it out. Um, so he's gonna get stripped of the one title as soon as he walks up the three stairs, I believe. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
4: I think I don't think he really steps back too much so long as he doesn't get uh, embarrassed. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like when um, when Cal Brook went up. Mm -hmm. He he, he got his face cracked up and all of that. I don't see that happening to Jamel here. Uh, That's why this fight being signed and and, and not being able to be Big Charlo or Jamal because of everything that's going on in his life. That's why the timing of this is just so uh, frustrating because it really would have been greater for uh, for boxing if we would have been able to get Charlo against Terrence Crawford after that performance. So It's boxing, and uh, it's very hard to, you know, make step two and three because usually things get all tripped up on step one. So I I think, um, maybe I mean maybe he fights Tim Zhu, maybe they maybe they go with that. Um, And and that's not a bad that's not a bad um you know if it is a bad defeat um. As far as him losing you know nine to three eight to four somewhere in there you know you go back and you fight
2: zoo what so who do you think so who what's next for canelo then you think is he gonna finally fight my guy you know benavides yeah you know it <laughs> the boogie man. that's what i was I like to call thinking
4: him. about this earlier <laughs> today too man uh and then that's that's the other weird thing we actually had a moment in time where two mexicans won't fight each other. Well, the one Mexican won't <laughs> one, don't
2: want to fight. One, <laughs> one Yeah, one don't want to fight. <laughs>
4: that was the other weird thing that I was thinking about earlier. You know, trying to get my thoughts together. Um, I think they try. I think they might try to figure out how to make him and Bud man.
2: I, I, Ooh, Canelo Bud. I mean, I mean, I the talk it. is there. It's a lot of talk. I, I don't I, think. I, I don't think they're serious. But I, the talk is there, though. I won't hold you.
4: I think if. If somehow they can get they can get a catch weight that Canelo is uh is comfortable, you know, he feels like I don't have to do
2: nothing. Yeah, because yeah, Canelo's the one you, he has to he has to cater to Canelo. That's yeah. different. Yeah, uh,
4: he he doesn't Canelo is like, I don't have, but what's you know, what the numbers look like, you know, what's the what's the bag looking like? Mm-hmm. And if you believe that it's gonna be an easier night at the office because this dude is way too small, maybe he makes a concession. Cause if they keep putting if they keep putting Benavides in front of him, he gonna keep shoving that name away. <laughs> like um, I don't see him fighting um, the young boy uh, uh, David Morel. He's not gonna fight Morel. So, and you're over here on this side of the street now, so there's no chance in going and running it back with Bevo. You, Jamal is. <laughs> We don't even know if he's a he's a officially a boxer anymore. So his brother got uh family his, his wife getting beat up. He, he's getting slapped. It's too much stuff going on. So I think he might entertain it.
3: So here's what I'm gonna say, bro. If Jamel loses, I then I go and fight Plant. You both lost to Canelo, like you just said, mm. The slap took place. There's a lot of storylines. It would be a fight that would garner interest. True. For for David Benavidez and Demetrius Andre getting ready to come together and fight, I think Canelo gets the winner of that because like you said, he's with PBC. He can't get out of it at this point. Eventually, it's going to happen. And we all believe Benavidez is going to come out of that fight victorious. So that makes sense. And for Crawford, it's going to be Spence Crawford too. As much as people don't want to see Uh, it, it's happening because the clause is there As the same way that Deontay Wilder Emperor, yeah. he exercises right to fight Fury again, so it's gonna happen. So, those are three fights right there. Tim Zoo, simply because Jamel is vacating that belt, like you said, him and Tim Zoo, it won't work out at this point.
4: I can, I can see that, Ray. Um, and 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 um, Charlo against Plant, like you said, you can Storyline, he, he put story hands lines. on your brother and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that just <laughs> sounds funny <laughs> I mean for, for pulling another man's beard That, that whole just, <laughs> <laughs> He's just in a weird era of boxing man, And his camera's all over the place like, I don't want to see Some of this stuff I don't,
3: I don't want to see some of these guys
4: down bad bro. Like
3: that either, bro. I, I ain't going to lie on either man I don't want to see Lubin and no no I'm sorry Who, the, not, who does Berrios fight this weekend Oh uh, you guys he fight Ugas. Really I don't want to see that fight either, to be honest. But <laughs> it might be an entertaining fight, but Barrios to me, is becoming like a gatekeeper. It's a lot of fights. Boxing is needs to somehow find a universal system, man, and bring everybody together, mm-hmm. stop all this politics, and let's get some good fights going, man. It's too what? many good fighters. Gosh. Yeah. You got MMA guys coming in the mix. It's just That's just bothering
2: Barry. me, man. Like, he took the Fury point, man. Like, come on, man. Like, what's... You, hey, got, you got, you got, you got, you got. Come on, man! You you got one right here. Like, you, hey, like Wood. you can. Oh.
3: Before you say something else, I'm sorry because you you know of course you critique all the television you watch on Netflix netflix got jake paul looking like the savior of boxing out here I'm like, wow <laughs> really like Mike Tyson? like as long as people watching i'm excited it's like bro like seriously do like bro boxing boxing still got some ways to go even though the interest is there man they got stars big fights have happened we talking about yeah. tank garcia yeah. bud and, and arrow it's been some big fights benavidez yeah. uh and plant it's been some, plant, yeah, some big yeah some real big fights it's just real. boxing got to seize it man that's that's
4: actually the point that I was I kind of was holding in my bag, man. Like when we look to 2020, this is a, this is a good year for this is a great year for
2: boxing. for boxing.
4: Yeah. Uh and it's a lot we got some good stuff coming up. They just announced Devin and um Progray.
2: Yeah. Read can, it yeah. You know, we yeah. can
4: do whatever with that December 9th. Yeah. But tell me what the best storyline is going into 2024. What is what's the one what's the one fight that you want to see next year? Like what's what is boxing's like? What's the one fight that's what like? Oh, what's going to be that main fight that the majority of see, people are looking forward
2: to for twenty twenty four? I want to see Usyk versus Fury. I mean, that's the one I want to see.
3: I think you got Tank Shakur. You got Usy you got Fury. Deontay. If you
2: and you got. And, I mean, forever, whatever Deontay, it takes, Deontay Joshua. If Joshua still would be a draw. Would be a big draw actually.
4: I'm saying well, let me let me rephrase that. Let me yeah. rephrase that. What is something that's in the pipeline that actually has positive momentum gotcha in, in being uh and actually being finalized? being done,
2: being done. Uh
4: we kind of don't have nothing.
2: Yeah, other than <laughs> other than like maybe you said 2024, other than like I mean it's part two, Earl and Bud. Right, that's other it. That, yeah, yeah, no, oh, and I yeah.
4: so dealing with that really quickly. Dealing with that really quickly, though, I'm actually – I had a – really not i – I didn't get to fact-check this brother, but he tried to stop me at work the other day and tried to tell me something was going on with the negotiations. Anything on Alabama, his word is good. Alabama football, because he's he's from down south, his word is money. When the brother come at me with boxing, I'm like, man. (laughs) But he – he w- he w- he was throwing it out there that maybe there's gonna be some back channel talks as a way to make it like the the negotiations broke down on what bud is willing to do to make the fu- the fight mm. and maybe it might be some some stuff worked to give Errol spence a way out of that fight like cuz you know publicly uh, you got to do the rematch and you, you got to i wanted it- I needed we got to run running. that back, but you don't really want that fight, do you? I mean, it's <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be hard to sell to a to a lot of people, and maybe there's something better that we could do for you, and maybe that we should do for you. So I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't trust my man on what he's telling me. I got to go back. I'm like, where did you, where did you see this, bro? 24? Yeah, I don't,
2: yeah, I don't think he's right. I think he made that up.
4: <laughs> and okay.
2: I mean, and, and, and I'm, and, and I don't want to see the fight. And I'm an Earl dude. And like, we I don't want to see it. I've seen enough the first time. But I, I, knowing that, knowing who Earl is, in terms of you hear him talk on, and talk, you hear Earl in interviews or whatever. And what in, in terms of his action, I don't see him backing down from a rematch. Like I don't see that in his car- in his in his in his bag, in his bag. Maybe his 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 team may try it, but not Earl.
3: Earl. Is it's, not, it's not fair, bro. It but is. he had one bad night, but it's okay.
4: The <laughs> only thing is this though, uh, Ray. This past weekend, we just saw another rematch that shouldn't have happened with Joe Joyce and Gilles Jean. Yeah, and. It was a shame that Joe Joyce had to go through that, <laughs> but he went through it and he was out of there in three rounds. And it could be a similar situation with Errol. You know, I don't know if they do it at one fifty four or whatever. But I heard
2: about one forty. Now, now I heard of you at one forty seven. I heard it still be at one forty seven. That's what I heard. I heard that's that it would be one forty seven. That's gonna be a tough sell for me. Yeah, I heard it be one forty seven. That's what I heard I heard that. That's that's the source. I heard like I was looking at stuff. I heard that one forty seven would that would be the it would happen at one forty seven.
4: That's what I try to tell these boys, man, when, when, when brothers get on some of the other, you know, my, my peers and the, the, the online guys, the internet guys that talk boxing, <laughs> I'm just like, some of this stuff y'all talk about is entertaining, man, but this is a, this is such a man's game, you know, uh, you know, you can get pulled out of the, like they were saying that, 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 uh, Russ should have been pulled. So like he shouldn't have had to go out there and finish that game against Miami. There, there ain't no getting pulled in boxing. Like you gotta go in here and face a dude who pieced you up. And
2: mm. it's 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 a man's sport. There's no, no escaping that, bro. Hey man. Man, this is, oh, this is good. We gotta have you on again, bro. I ain't gonna have you. Yeah, ready. man. I, you on I, on hey again,
4: man, bro. I appreciate y'all for blowing the dust off of me, man. <laughs> me. I'm out here, I'm out here like Eddie Kane, Let me <laughs> You know, I, I, I just been um like i said I, it, it, it was so convenient man over on wisdom yeah uh, and I, I just been living over there man but like i said okay. I, I mean i you know i got an audience over there though like every- yeah, i got
2: you you got your own old- hey look man you got you got you, you a got, wild you got- brother man i ain't never even heard of wisdom that's what i'm saying I, he catch me all gone with his wisdom i was like what well, is wisdom hey bro they say, hey no, my G-Z man got a, I, he got a whole right cult. He got a whole cult over there, bro. He got a whole hey, cult in wisdom, in wisdom. bro. He has a whole cult. It's hey man, crazy. <laughs> I, I
3: toiled. He didn't say Patreon. He said wisdom.
4: Yeah. <laughs> bro, I toiled. I toiled in this boxing game for five, six, seven years on YouTube and and yeah. all that stuff, man. And um, it hurt my feelings, man, to see some of the dudes. With bad information, can't pronounce nobody's name, don't know the weight classes, don't know the belts, don't even know when the fight is scheduled. Just be yapping, and 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 got sixty, seventy thousand fans. So I'm like, man, I'm, I'm I got miles on the road, and 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 um, you know, I'm in the I'm in the press conference. I'm here, I'm there, and I'm and I ain't got ten followers. So <laughs> go ahead. I just man, it was like. Wisdom sent me an email. Right? Yo, exactly. I, I, I was looking for some love, man. And and, and uh, wisdom sent me an email and was like, we want you. I said, you do." I'm there. And I've been there ever since. Hey, yo. How long you been on this
2: wisdom thing, How long? <laughs>
4: when we get off of here. Y'all, before y'all shut down tonight, y'all gonna look on y'all's phone like this. I am. I go hold you. I like, what is this wisdom thing? I'm about it, to go. It is on here um yeah man it's um i've been on there like a year and a half okay uh, okay like i said i cook every day i do afternoon <laughs> i do afternoon wood this is, this is... uh I, I do fights on like saturday nights i talk some uh commanders on sunday i do my uh tv episode recaps i talk albums <clears throat> The whole thing man i'm over, i'm killing them. i'm killing them over there <laughs> hey it's the, hey, the it's amazing <laughs> the founder the uh the founder and creator of with yeah. her, yeah. like, oh, her, her name is like she Nigerian. i think she's nigerian
2: oh damn she's her name is
4: her name is her name is Dio. um i can't think oh, she's
2: nigerian Dio. she definitely yeah Dio. i
4: can't think she of her Dio. last name but her first name is Dio. yeah, yeah. i've rap yeah, with I her a couple of times she's she she been on she's been on as my guest Hey, Ray! This dude he a king out this church.
2: <laughs> they gave
4: me, they gave me a gold badge, man. Like everybody don't get a gold badge. What
3: the... well, man verified, man? He verified Hey, you got to get a check mark somewhere. I, I, I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not necessarily I'm I'm not knocking it, brother. I'm oh, just I'm not. trying to, you know, become informed about it. But it speaks to your versatility. You now you added cooking to the repertoire. You could talk cycling. That's something not everybody can do, brother. So. You, real, real you've been talk. encouraging to everybody else that's out there on their grind trying to reach a goal, bro. Just keep doing what you do, whether it's wisdom, whether it's Patreon, <laughs> yeah. or YouTube, it don't matter, bro. You I, know, we here, man. It's been dope having you on tonight, bro. I I, will, I, will,
2: I do want to add this, though, too. Like, in terms of, like, don't... I, know, I mean, I know we all joking or whatever, but don't be annoyed, annoyed with other folks who... Are trying to, they're do, they're doing other things that you feel like you're more educated in in terms of like the boxing thing. Don't get like pissed off of that because your time gonna come. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been that way too, bro. Like I go hold you and I'll be like, dude, like you talking about this, you got way more whatever than me, and I'm like, I know you're way more did. than you. So, but yeah. don't let that don't let that annoy you, bro. Like, really.
4: No, no, y'all. Thanks for the encouragement, and and I take that to heart. But
2: because you're good like, at what you do, that's what I'm saying. I'm just being real. Like, you appreciate, really appreciate are good it. at what
4: you do, and that's what I'm saying. I wanted before I do go. I do want to tell y'all, man. I tell a couple people, uh, when I'm when I'm just talking, but I'm like, man, these brothers, y'all consistent, and a lot of people can't be consistent. You know, so I just salute y'all for that, man. I I I, I, I told I told him on wisdom. I was like, hey, tomorrow at nine o five Eastern time, because I'm like, I know y'all don't think I do all the stuff that I do when I, I've done all the stuff that I've done. But I'm like, I'm gonna be on here cooking with these brothers, and I was like, man, these brothers, with well, they, I came in the game after them, my man. Wale, while they uh emailed me and, and helped me get going and then they still cooking today so i'm like these brothers have been doing their thing and like you said man it's, it's not all about um it's really not all about clicks views right pays, yeah uh subscribers and all of that stuff man it's about doing good work and you yeah, know y'all right. do the house thing and i appreciate that um I, my disadvantage man is just i'm a one-man guy and i just uh man every three or four months man i just get really burnt out
2: yeah, and, I get um, that. I no, I get so that's that.
4: like I said, when I could just get on wisdom, they ought to they oughta <laughs> give me some money for uh Hell
2: yeah, they should <laughs> the what you're talking about. I'm telling you they, they shouldn't, they should. They, but uh they, well, they, now our listeners know about wisdom. I man. know for real. <laughs> I,
4: I'll tell you this though, man, they um they're kind of like their strategy, man, is to um is to keep it like they don't really want
2: a bunch of folks
4: the 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 uh they call them like whales. They don't really want big name people and the different celebrities and the mm-hmm. former rappers. Like they want it to be everyday people over there talking. So, uh, like I said, I'm hiding them wisdom streets, man. man <laughs> all,
2: right. all right, man. They, all right, I'm, I'm gonna go search it. I'm gonna go search it, bro. You got me about to check some wisdom out. I'm about to get wise to wisdom.
4: I'm gonna check y'all out mm-hmm. Saturday after the fight, man, and and, and see what the follow up or next week what the follow up commentary is, man. I, I'm I'm hoping um. I'm hoping it's a, it's a, it's a good event, man. And that Harlow has a good showing. I got a saluting for stepping up to the challenge. You know, you, again, it was supposed to be Jamal. Mm. He jumped at this and, um, you know, I, I, I hate, I, I hate, I hated that. And I I was, I was, I was rocking with Bud, but I really hated it that here Errol Spence was and being loyal to his company and, and, and his leader, his, his business people and his team and everything. But they send him in there against an opponent like Bud with that type of inactivity, man. And that that mm-hmm. a lot of these guys, man, this inactivity is like it's 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 not, it. it's not it's not fair to these guys, man. Yeah. It's, it's not fair to these guys.
2: No, I totally agree. I totally agree. Hey, well, well, Reg, man, thanks for being on, man. Before and truth be told, man, we can probably have you on next week to talk boxing if you, if if you want to, bro. We about if you if you're available, you know, or if you would watch the fight. Because sometimes you'll be you'll be watching fights. You like I ain't watching the fight. How much it costs? I don't know.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm probably not gonna watch this one. But, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna just. I'm gonna let y'all talk about it next week. All right, all, it,
3: right.
2: Dude, all right, all right. You got it. Dude. All right, man. Thanks for being hey, all, you know, bro. Last thing, bro. Last thing. Last, hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
4: I want to be politically correct when I say this. Okay. <laughs> this is why. Uh, <laughs> The people that I watched the, the that I the people that I ended up watching um Arrow and Bud with. Yeah. It was about eight country club looking individuals and me. And I just was I just was there looking around the room like what's happened to my social. But I, I appreciate my man. I appreciate my man that sent me the invite. Uh, I had no problem paying for the eight, you know, paying for out of my own pocket, man. But I buy so much, I buy so much expensive ass cycling stuff, man, that I was like, when he, when he sent me the invite, I was like, I'll be there. And but but when I got there though, uh (laughs) that's a different crowd for me. And I'm not, from, I'm not a street brother. I'm not from the street or nothing like that, but you know, I'm. I'm used to a certain kind of company. <laughs> nice guys. Nice guys, but I'm just like, damn, my social circle has really changed.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, man, I ain't gonna hold y'all up, man. I appreciate it. Hey, I pre- hey, appreciate you, man. We do. We definitely appreciate you. You wanna plug any social media? Whatever. I know you don't do social media like that. You be anti-social. Other than wisdom. Plug
3: you know, wisdom, bro. Plug wisdom, yeah. bro. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, plug I, wisdom. Yeah, for I real. think
4: on there I'm just uh, at Reggie. It might yeah, be good. It might be like, I don't even know how they do the names on there, man. I, I just get on there and talk, man. I, I tell people I, if you go on the wisdom map, man, and you find uh you can you can search for Reggie Woodson and um every about damn near every workday at noon, I'm on there with some topic. I've been cooking on Prime and uh Dan Lanning and um the commanders a little bit. Okay. Uh I I I do it all. Like you said, Ray, I, I, I'm talking about cycling i'm talking about the tour
2: de france
4: i just okay. do everything man i'm
2: talking you gonna write you gonna write something up about you gonna write something up about uh the fight though
4: i would like i really would like to get back to writing man um yeah you
2: wrote really about would. uh but you you wrote about uh didn't you write about uh bud and um
4: yeah i did do, i did do something after that um right. so yeah I, I i would um i would like to get back to it man i just um it's lonely out here, man. It's lonely out here. <laughs> I got you. Anyway,
2: we gonna get you back on, all right? We definitely are, though. Thank you. I appreciate all it. Right, th- man. Th- hey, appreciate thanks. For, hey, thanks for, it, man. You take it easy, bro. Take care. All right, take care. <laughs> He's awesome, man. He is awesome. Yeah, man. That was, that was dope, man. He he, wow.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely I had me rolling, bro. Yeah, me definitely,
2: rolling. Yeah. I was the End guy, in up, man. I haven't laughed this much in a long time, bro. That man, crazy. It's, it's, it's more work to be done, though. Good stuff tonight, brother. Definitely, man. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, <laughs> excuse me, Apple Podcast, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, follow us on X at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well. If you're watching this, been watching this show, make sure, on YouTube. Click the red subscribe button and like this video, even my busted thumb. Like this video, all right? All right, also, check check out the home of the urban sports scene, Ampire Media, at ampiremedia.com. And also, uh, this show can be found on the podcast DC app. Download the podcast DC app to hear all of the Ampire shows as well as other great content. All right, man, this has been a great show, right? Like you said, man, we had a good time, great guests. Man, he's going to keep trying to knock these things out. Like Wood said, stay consistent. So we're going to try to stay consistent. Anyway, folks. Man. Yeah, you know it. Anyway, folks, you've been listening to the urban sports scene. For ages, you dig? Deuces. a mega. Lead us out, big homie.